Welcome to the Red Flood Podcast, where we will take a look into various topics related to the Bible and Christian faith. Let's get right into it. I want to read from you a passage of scripture from Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. The scripture reads, But it so happened when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria. And he said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? And Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him. And he said, whatever they build, even if a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Hear, O God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sins be blotted out. For you have provoked, for they have provoked you to anger before the builders. I want to speak to you from the idea, if opportunity doesn't knock, Build a door. If opportunity doesn't knock in your life, you have to build a door. The life of a believer is all about rebuilding. We are constantly rebuilding our personal lives, rebuilding our marriage, rebuilding our families, and rebuilding our ministries. Rebuilding means to rebuild or to build something again after it has been damaged or destroyed. You can't rebuild something that hasn't already been built. And I believe that there are some folk listening today who have been damaged and are in need of another opportunity. Some of us have been destroyed by character flaws, by mistakes, by misconceptions, and even misconduct, and we're looking to rebuild. See, when you're learning to see your circumstances from God's perspective, you will find that there is no situation beyond repair. Anything broken can be repaired. Nehemiah in chapter 2 prayed to God that he would go to Judah and rebuild the city and its walls. He saw a need in his own city and decided to do something about it. Many times we send money and resources to third world countries to help them with what they need before we even take care of home. I have found that many times in my life, it's easier for me to help others than it is for me to help myself. How quick we are to help other children while our children need us at home. How quick we are to give counsel to someone's relationship when our marriage is not in order. But rebuilding begins at home. And what I mean by home is within your life. And whenever you have a desire to build or to make right what you have done wrong, there will be protesters standing by to end your construction. 
When you desire to build, not everyone will be excited for you. Not everyone will root for you. Not everyone will support your vision. But since we're talking about rebuilding our lives and making changes to our temple, we should first recognize that we're just renting these bodies. So if we want to make changes to it, we have to get permission from God. And even though God gives us the ability to rebuild, there's always going to be someone who doesn't want to see you come up. Think about that. A backslider that comes to church who has been lost and gone out into the world, but they desire to come back and rededicate their life, that's someone who wants to rebuild. And sometimes folks don't even want to see you get better. Even though we're on the same team, it seems that we don't always root for each other. Do you remember the prodigal son? The brother seemed upset that they would celebrate his return. It's as if he wanted his brother to remain astray. Nehemiah prayed and asked if God would permit him to rebuild. And as soon as he laid the first stone, here come the protesters, Sanballat and Tobiah. They were the opposition. They were the leaders in the land before Nehemiah arrived. If Nehemiah were allowed to rebuild the wall, Sanballat and Tobiah would lose their power because the city would have new strength. So they started a campaign of opposition, beginning with words of ridicule. The first weapon of those who want to tear you down is ridicule. Look at Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. It says, when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding, he became angry. He ridiculed the Jews. When you are looking to rebuild, jokes and laughter are primary weapons that will be used against you. The first wave of attack works like this. You tell people you want to re-energize your career, and they find every reason why it won't work. Instead of encouragement and support, you become an easy target for humor. Phrases like, you're not smart enough to do that, or why would you think that you could do that if no one else has? Ignorance comes from having the wrong perspective. Notice that Sanballat and Tobiah called it the Jews' wall, not God's wall. They were looking at things from a human perspective. They saw the wall as Nehemiah's bad idea that was going to negatively affect their lives. Human perspective will always ridicule steps of faith because from a human perspective, faith can't happen. But I'm a witness today that faith has brought me this far and I know that God didn't bring me this far to leave me. I remember when I first came to my pastor and told him of the calling that God had on my life. He told me, son, you must have the hide of a rhinoceros. In other words, you must have thick skin because you will be attacked. Many times these attacks will come from those who oppose you just because of what you have. Individuals may not even know why they don't like you. You ever meet someone and in your mind you say, I don't particularly care for them, but you really don't know the person? People will attack you just because they want what you have, or in some cases, they just don't want you to have it. And this attack may come from an individual, but I've got news for you today. It can also come from within, within your household, without, within your family, within your church congregation. 
But Nehemiah teaches us that in order to defuse the weapon of ridicule, we must first choose to redirect our thoughts. If we focus on what the naysayers are saying, if we focus on what the haters have to say, then we're going to be drawn into it. Instead, we have to redirect our thoughts through prayer. Prayer allows us to get our thoughts off of the enemy and back on God by talking to God about it. Don't think that talking to God must start with some deeply spiritual expression of love and wisdom. The first thing Nehemiah does is tell God what happened, and then he tells God how he feels about it. He says in verse 4, Hear us, O God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt. One of the most refreshing discoveries about prayer is that you don't have to have it all figured out before you talk to God. Tell God where you are right now, including the expressions of anger, including the expressions of disappointment. When we tell God what we're feeling, he's able to redirect our thinking. But when we hide our feelings behind a veil of spiritual sounding phrases, we end up prayer. We end prayer in the same way and in the same place that it began. God always knows what we're feeling, but it is our expression of those feelings to him that leads us to begin to gain his perspective. Through prayer, Nehemiah decides to redirect his thoughts and look at the ridicule from God's perspective. Apart from God's perspective, even in victory, we tend to focus on proving people wrong. The ones that said we couldn't do it. The ones that said it wouldn't work. And even though it feels good, it's a losing strategy because our focus has moved from God to people. There is no true satisfaction in proving people wrong, but there is genuine satisfaction in allowing God to use you for his purpose. God's will includes opposition and God's will will not be stopped because a few people are critical of the plan. If opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. Listeners can send in questions and submissions for my next episode. You can email me at revflood at outlook.com. You can follow this ministry on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at R-E-V-F-L-O-O-D. The same name across all platforms. Until next time, may God bless you.